Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. Welcome to another new show as we continue our trek through uh, this very long and uh, cumbersome series. And as I'm (laughs) moving stuff around on my desk now that uh, it seems to be a tanglement of cables because I had uh, recorded with Chris from Ezra Reads the Law and I've got headphones on my desk, which I normally don't use all the time, so now I'm, like, all tangled up. Yeah, that's the joys of podcasting. You've got, you know, 65 different things going, and uh, you're just trying to keep everything clean and, and organized and whatnot. So, sorry for the little bit of a ruckus here in the background as I'm moving stuff, which I should have done before I started recording. But, hey, you know what? You guys enjoy a little bit of random banter, I think, hopefully. Uh that that will take care of this for this week but uh so guys we're back in uh esther we've been here for uh quite some time a couple weeks now and as i'd mentioned i think a while back uh we are going to just take it uh one chapter at a time and uh and work through it so we've got a lot on our plate there's 10 chapters take us you know 11 weeks with our introduction but uh, we're not in any hurry you know this this whole series is meant to uh, address the text and walk us through, uh, hopefully digging into some things that just aren't commonly there in a church. And so I'm trying to uh, just enlighten you as a listener in hopes that you will uh, just be edified through this series. I really pray that you guys have enjoyed the Song of Solomon and you're enjoying Esther. And then we're going to get into some of the prophets and Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and all that kind of uh, wisdom literature and very excited for it. Uh, So we'll dig into that as we continue on with the series. Again, there's no time frame for it, but we will be taking breaks periodically uh, to kind of encapsulate certain seasons, right? So Advent season starts here in a couple weeks for the church. It uh, kicks off on November 28th. Uh, which would mean December 3rd's episode uh, will start our Christmas series. So we'll do the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th as a uh, Christmas series. 
will reflect my sermon series that I'm doing in the church. And then on the 24th, we will pick up a Christmas Eve special, and then we will drop a Christmas Day special as well. So we'll have two episodes that week. Uh, this week, uh, this upcoming week, so today is the 10th as I record this. Uh, we'll drop this on the 12th as normal. And uh, the following on the 16th, um, I had, like I mentioned, had previously recorded with Chris from Ezra Reads the Law. So uh, go and listen to that episode that I was on. We walked through John chapter 3, and we really focused on just a few verses there. Uh, we're actually going to have to do a two-parter on it because it was uh, we kind of just have a lot of text there to work through, and we were well over our hour mark uh, in recording. So we are going to come back with a part two on that. But his episode drops on the 11th, so it should be available on all major podcasts. And... Uh, Go and listen to it. I walk through the two major views from a Baptist perspective and a Lutheran perspective in the text, and Chris provides some wonderful comments and commentary as well as we walk through it. Uh, I will allow that, I, or I'm going to release that episode on the 16th. Chris has been gracious enough to allow me to do so, so it'll be available on Undying Light as a bonus episode on the 16th. So keep your eyes open if you don't get a chance to read it um, on either his, I would pray that you get to listen to it on one of the two so that being said that's kind of the schedule um look out as we you know move forward into uh the end of the year um also uh i haven't said anything except in the stories on instagram but uh as we get through the end of december we will start our normal series back up on the 31st wherever we leave off we'll probably be somewhere in esther uh but on the 1st of January, I'm going to be releasing a bonus episode, a Rantathon 2021. So we did one last year um, in uh, at the end of 2020, and we just uh, kind of picked through a ton of random problems that I had noticed in the church. And this year, I've got a whole panel of people willing to sit and chat with me. And uh, so I'm very excited. There's a lot of really uh, interesting things we're talking about. And I'm praying that this is an edifying show for you because uh, it is going to be huge. I'm very, very excited. So last year we actually dropped it on the 31st of December, but because the 31st falls on a Friday, you'll get your regular Friday episode, and then you'll get this as a bonus on Saturday. Uh, so I'm just looking at some of the insights here on that show uh, as I get ready to dig into Esther Chapter 4 today for you. Um, and actually has some listens in the last few days, which is uh, quite funny. Uh, I'm going to see if I can do an overall time here and see what my total listens on the show are. F almost 500 listens. That's a That's substantial. Uh, that is that is quite uh, a trade, uh, you know, a staple for me. Uh, normally, you know, it doesn't quite hit that. But we peaked um, on uh, January first with seventy seven, and then it just has been pretty constant all through the year. Really, there's yeah, obviously days without any listens, but you know, that's just the way it goes. So, if you are curious it's rantathon 2020 and that we're going to do another one for 21 and we've got some topics we're going to talk about uh the biggest one being kind of mixing church and culture together 
uh, as really the last couple of years have brought us into this mix. We have found ourselves bringing culture in to stay relevant and allowing culture to influence the state of the church. So uh, we're going to be talking pretty heavy about that. I've got some wonderful, intelligent uh, men on the show lined up, and uh, we are going to have a wonderful episode. I'm very excited for it. So that will drop January 1st. So as I mentioned last week, Chris is continuing his trek here through uh, Esther with us. So I'm very excited to have him read chapter four. Uh, it's a short chapter, so we should be able to knock this out in less than 30 minutes or so, depending on where we are. Uh, pre, uh, just a minute here before I get into the actual, um, Chris reading the text. I do want to always preference the show that this is a listener supported show. So if you're interested in donating to Undying Light, you can do so through a few different channels. The biggest one is through Patreon. That's where you get all of the behind the scenes content and you get all of the up to date uh, workings of the ministry on top of Discord uh, chat access and all that other source. Uh, you can also buy Undying Light t shirts and gear. We are running now on T Public. That link is found in my bio, Corum Deo Life, on Instagram. And you can go and get all sorts of different gear. Uh, it's much cheaper than the bonfire that we had originally started with. So uh, you can get all sorts of different Undying Light gear, shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, coffee mugs, iPhone cases, all the sorts, pillows if you want. I mean, there's a lot of really neat stuff out there. So, And it's at a really good price. So go and check that out if you get an opportunity. All right, guys, so here it is. Here is Chris reading chapter four for Esther. Esther, chapter four. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city, and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. And Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law, 
to be put to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come in to the king these thirty days. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. All right, and huge thank you to Chris for knocking that out again for us this week. Uh, he, Like I had mentioned, he's been... Um, open and willing to read all of Esther for us. And I think it's just kind of a neat little mashup between the two shows. Obviously, if I've mentioned numerous times, he runs Ezra Reads the Law. So go and listen to him do the Harmony of the Gospels. It is a tremendous undertaking that he is uh, walking through all of the Gospels and tying all these pieces together. So go and listen to that show and pay him a tribute to it. So uh, he'll obviously, as I mentioned, read the rest of it. So here we are in chapter four, uh, of Esther. And this is where Esther agrees to help the Jews. Uh, that's the whole section of this. And, uh, we begin here in verse one and this little phrase tore his clothes and sack and put on sackcloth and ashes. Uh, this is a visible demonstration of sorrow. This can be found, uh, highlighted in Job chapter one, verse 20, where Job rose and tore his robes and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Uh, they went out from the midst of the city, loud and bitter cry. Mordecai obviously wanted to attract as much attention as possible. Uh, Mordecai provoked confrontation by public protest in violation of the palace dress code. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week and how Mordecai just decided that he wasn't going to bow to any of the king's... Um, you know, designated, you know, right-hand men. So Mordecai is already causing division here and he is setting himself to be apart from this, uh, from the other rule here. Uh, verse three, the Judeans uh, across the empire joined Mordecai's public expression of grief over their impending destruction. Although unmentioned prayer would be, would accompany these actions uh, as Mentioned here in Ezra chapter 8, Joel chapter 2, and Jonah chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to read Jonah here. But let the man and the beast be covered in sackcloth, and let them give a call uh, out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. So, as I mentioned here, we've (laughs) God isn't explicitly mentioned in this entire book. We've said that a few times, especially during the introduction, but we don't have God just, you know, jumping out and 
you know, making things happen. So everything that we read in Esther is really kind of done with with the assumption that they are the, the Jews are following a traditional, you know, Jewish movement, uh, as is here in verse two and three that the uh, Judeans are accompanying Mordecai here with his expression of grief, and and by doing so, they are turning to prayer only to. Uh, Yahweh, the God of Israel. And so if it, it would be untraditional, it would actually be uncultural. It would not fall anywhere in the wheelhouse of the Jewish nation if all of this expression of grief is not accompanied with some sort of prayer. And so we follow up with how the actions reflected in Joel, Jonah, and Ezra and how these types of behaviors lead us into some sort of prayer. And so we must, again, always explicitly demonstrate that God is still working behind the scenes and working through his people uh, to deliver his people, even though some will uh, face persecution, suffering, etc., etc. But we know here in this case, God is going to be working through Esther to uh, help the Jews here. So in verse 4, this deeply distressed uh this hebrew word suggests withering in anxiety being physically and emotionally ag- agitated uh, they sent the garments to clothe mordecai esther's distress seemed not to have been caused by haman's decree but really by mordecai's behavior uh, and mordecai would not accept them must have suggested that es- uh, to esther that the situation in fact was serious in verse 5, go to Mordecai to learn, confined within the palace, uh, Harmon. Esther heard little outside news. She needed to find out why Mordecai was so upset. She may have experienced a growing sense of danger in her own situation. Uh, verse 7, the exact sum Haman had promised for Mordecai to have information, uh, to have this information show that he was well-connected within the palace, he also realized that the king had much to gain financially if this plot was carried out. Uh, verse 8, the, decree, uh, the, the copy of a written decree, Mordecai's access to the actual document suggests that he might have been a government scribe. Uh, the decree's implications may have been, not have been immediately apparent to Esther, and Mordecai wanted her to understand all that is involved, as well as how she could, in fact, help. Previously, Mordecai had told Esther to keep quiet about her Judean heritage back in chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, and Haman seems unaware of her nationality, uh, and that's, we'll see, demonstrated here in chapter 5. Uh, Mordecai now seems to determine, uh, seems determined now to call attention to Esther's heritage, and Esther perhaps felt that she's just getting mixed signals from him. So on one hand, Mordecai is telling her, don't tell anybody about your Judean heritage. And now he's saying, now tell everybody about it. So there's definitely some, you know, mixed signals coming here in this particular text. Uh, jumping down from verse 8 to verse 11, put to death, the Persian law protected the king from assassination as well uh, as from vexations of the citizens' petty concerns. Herodotus noted that anyone approaching the Persian king unsummoned would be killed unless the king gave immediate pardon. Esther may have recalled what had happened to Vashti back in chapter 1, verse 19, as she chilled, 
Mordecai for not realizing her perilous situation. This golden scepter is a stylized weapon, embolicment of royal authority. The whole story hinges on whether the king will hold out the golden scepter to Esther. Uh, and in these 30 days, Mer- Esther's marriage to ah- Ahasuerus obviously lacked a close husband-wife relationship. Uh, verses uh, 13 and 14 illustrates that the royal family members could have and often did turn on one another. Mordecai reminded Esther that the king's palace was not safe for her and that her life was in jeopardy whether or not she approached Ahasuerus. So, again, we, we've talked about it a few times in, uh, in this particular text um, on how uh, the royals would really show no loyalty to each other. And if, it found, if they were found to uh, be able to go and actually um, you know, remove somebody from power and gain something from power, then they obviously took that upon themselves. And as verses 13 and 14 indicate, it does happen often. Uh, verse 14 here, the relief and deliverances will rise. Uh, this closest thing in uh, establishment to an overt reference to God's presence and power. In any other book in the Bible, we would expect God to be named as the one providing deliverance for his people. But throughout Esther, God remains behind the scenes, working, his, uh, doing his work in secret. Uh, your father's house will perish, not a curse, but an emphasis on the personal nature of the danger. And who knows, at this time, Mordecai's questions show that he was beginning to realize why Esther had become queen of Persia. God is directing affairs so that his people might be saved from destruction. Again, it, you know, as we probably find the closest reference in all of Esther to to God in his presence, he's not explicitly named. In any other book, we would see him explicitly named you know, God of Jacob or God of Abraham, Jacob and or Isaac and Jacob or Yahweh or, you know, the Lord or however it's framed in the old Testament, you know, God would be explicitly labeled, but here we don't have that. And we just kind of get a roundabout uh, approach to it. Jumping down to verse 16 here, only a couple of verses left in the book or in the chapter, as I'd mentioned, it's a short chapter, only 17 verses long. Uh, this hold fast for three days. Fasting often occurred from morning until evening over one day's duration. Uh, and this is found in Judges chapter 20 and 2 Samuel chapter 1. Esther's severe fast showed how critical this time was for her and her people. Uh, this fast stands in contrast to the feasts that occur throughout Esther. Fasting normally included praying, so Esther's Request became an invitation to the Judeans to petition divine deliverance. So, again, this comes to the the focus point of feasts and fasting and all that. Uh, The Jewish people would fast often uh, in terms of, you know, when they needed prayer or they were seeking God to deliver them from, you know, impending doom, as we are seeing here in in Esther chapter 4. So this 
you know, extreme fast that Esther is taking on is to show her need that this is, in fact, a critical time for her and her people. Uh, If I perish, I perish. Uh, This often quoted words show Esther's faith, courage, and humility. She did not assume that she was going to accomplish her mission, but she was ready to sacrifice herself in the attempt. As Clement of Rome writes, he says, Esther also, being perfect, that is, complete in faith, exposed herself to no less danger in order to deliver the 12 tribes of Israel from impending destruction. For with fasting and humiliation, she entrusted the everlasting God who sees all things. And he, persevering humility of her, perceiving the humility of her spirit, delivered the people for whose sake she had encountered peril. Uh, And this is coming from uh, one of his writings here, the Anti-Nicene Fathers, the writings of the Fathers down from AD 325. It's a 10-volume. I have it nicely kept in my Logos library that I have yet to read. (laughs) I have tons of books in here that just there's such a wealth of knowledge. And uh, the, um, you know, the Anti-Nicene Fathers, you know, these are all the people who come before the Nicene Council. Uh, I am so blessed to have some, you know, some of these writings in my library because of the wealth that the early church possessed. It is unmatched, I think, in today's culture. I mean, we're by and large in the church today more focused on ourself, our goals, our ambitions, our desires to, you know, do something. And we often miss out on what God is actually doing. We miss out on, you know, the promises that have been given to us because it's all about me, me, and me. Anywho, that's just a rant. So verse 17 here, ordered Esther had matured and was no longer taking orders from Mordecai. As queen, she gave direction and leadership and Mordecai quietly and quickly obeys. So to summarize chapter four here, Mordecai is shocked by Haman's edict and goes into public mourning. Esther gradually comes to realize the seriousness of the situation and pledges her life in an attempt to save her people. Like Esther, God may provide us with positions, wealth, and talents that enable us to serve the cause of God's people and the gospel. Yet we will have, we have all been guilty of exhibiting weak faith by our failure to act. Thanks be to God in the fullness of time he sent our deliverer uh, to redeem us from every failure. Unlike Esther, our deliverer had to die for his people in the whole world. He freed us to serve under his rule as his witnesses. So that's a great way to wrap up chapter 4. As I mentioned, it's a major focus on the, um, under this whole pretext that even though God isn't visibly or explicitly mentioned, he is working all things through his people and using Esther as one of those pieces of this puzzle. And he will often put people in places of influence or power or wealth in order to help move kind of the course of history to what God has desired to do. 
So that's going to wrap up chapter four. As I mentioned, it's a short chapter, so not a lot going into it. Um, had I had the time, I might have even gotten into chapter five, but I got to get with Chris and have that recorded. Uh, but chapter five is another short chapter. Uh, it's only uh, 14 verses long, so a little bit shorter. Uh, same with chapter six. So if I can do with Chris, maybe we can do five and six next week because they're shorter chapters and I want to make sure that we um, get through it. And even chapter seven is pretty short. So we might be able to rock out some of these last few chapters uh, together and not have to string this out over 10 episodes, even though at the beginning of the show I said that that's what we were going to do. I could change my mind. So that's just the way it goes with this series. I've actively moving these puzzle pieces around in order to better suit the listener's ears. Again, this is under 30 minutes, so I I have nothing left uh, to say. However, uh, pay attention to A Matter of Truth. We are dropping some new episodes. Anthony and I are going to be recording soon, and uh, I hope that we can uh, present some interesting and edifying content to your ears. So go check out A Matter of Truth as we have... um, a very special guest slated to record with us Friday. And I hope and pray that we are able to uh, get that word from this particular special guest out into the world. He is an author. So grab his book as we will talk about on the show, but pay attention to that as more details are to follow and just keep watching your uh, podcast playlist as we continue dropping episodes weekly So make sure you subscribe and you get all the up-to-date information on the new shows. And, you know, as I mentioned halfway through, come join us on Patreon and we will be able to talk and have a community and fellowship in the name of Christ. Until next week, uh, only a couple weeks left before we hit that Christmas break. Uh, We've got, you know, the 12th, the 19th, and 26th. So we're going to probably, we might get through some of the good chapters here by the 26th. But then on the 3rd, we will dig into our Christmas series. So until next Friday, guys, or the weekend, whenever you decide to listen to this show, God bless and take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. 
The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.